From our New York City headquarters, I'm Adam Teeter. And in Seattle, Washington, I'm Zach Jabal. And this is the Vine Pair Podcast. And uh, Zach, uh, it's super, super, super hot here right now. <laughs> I am sorry, man. New York City summers are rough. I, I remember them not so fondly. I mean, and I just got back from Italy, which was kind of dope. And, you know, they said it was going to be hot there, but it really wasn't. And now I'm in New York and it sucks. Like, what do you do to beat? Like, what do you, what's your favorite? Like, when it's super hot, like, what do you want to drink? I definitely don't want to drink red wine. I definitely don't want to drink a high alcohol drink. Is there anything like that you like really crave? Oh, that's a good question. I think my two favorite things when it's really hot and I'm drinking, I mean, light beer. I feel like that's kind of, not like necessarily something with the you letters like L-I-T man. after it. But, you know, but something – <laughs> whatever's got a retro can to throw it back to a few episodes ago. Um, oh. but, no, but no, I think uh, – Exactly. Maybe. I think for okay. me, I think for me, that's one thing. And then, I mean, the other thing that I really I, I go in for is I drink a lot of just like, I guess we we would we I would have called it a spritz in a like not very definitive sense because but now with the prevalence of the Aperol spritz, I have to be careful with my words. And I guess I would say like more of an almost wine cooler. Like I like wine plus soda water um, because I like sort of stretching it out and. Uh, you know, that way I'm not drinking hard alcohol, I'm not, but I'm getting a little buzz. And it's like, you know, it's just like I can, boy, I can drink a lot of wine in that fashion, especially if it's over a period of time. How about you? What's your what's your summer drink of choice? So I think roasting? for me, when it's like really hot, first of all, I stay hydrated. Good and uh, second of all, I, I, I feel like I reach towards either, you know, some really low ABV white wines mm-hmm. or I like gin and tonics. Oh, yeah. Those are always great, and and they're good because you know that, that despite the fact, and this will come up in our topic in a little bit, despite the fact that everyone is so like averse to having sugar in anything, I actually think like when you're sort of sweating and it's rough out, like a little bit of that sugar is actually helpful for keeping you kind of like not from crashing. Um, and tonic water is good at that. Right. Plus, like if you're somewhere really hot, you might be might be somewhere where there's malaria, and I think quinine is good for that too. So you know, you're, you're like a exactly. curative or a preventative. Exactly. Okay, so, I want to ask, though, or I want to come back. So last week we talked tipping, and obviously, unsurprisingly, it got a lot of feedback. We got some hate mail. We got some hate we mail. We got some hate mail. We got some people who who, who appreciated what we said, too, trust me. Um, but I wanted to touch on a couple things that I either we didn't mention or that I think were maybe misunderstood. Well, well, by why, don't we, why don't we bring up the one biggest piece of hate mail we got? Sure. And you address this as a psalm. And this piece of hate mail was the person who emailed us saying they think it's bullshit that they should have to tip on the corkage fee of a bottle they brought in. Now, Zach, tell this person why they're a cheap fuck. <laughs> so I, I think I just want to clear up what I'm hoping is, is merely a misconception on this person's part and not not just that they are – or not, not that they are a cheap fuck. Like anything else – there is a big difference between a menu item and where that money goes versus where your tip goes. The service charge is put in place by the restaurant and the restaurant owner or the company or whomever to insulate themselves from the cost of or the opportunity cost, I suppose, of you not ordering a bottle of wine off the list. I mean, the service or the corkage fee is basically some part that we're going to pay for. We're going to get something out of you because we're not going to just let you bring in your own alcohol for free. And also because you are 
occupying the server or sommelier's time. And the restaurant needs to be compensated for that because if they just say, yeah, whatever. I mean, and some restaurants don't have a corkage fee or they have a very low one. And there are different ways to do this for sure. But in nicer restaurants where wine service is a big part of is, – is a sizable presentation and there's – you know, you're still using glassware, which still gets broken, needs to be washed, needs to be accounted for. You know, you're, you're – you're, again, you're using an expensive, highly trained professional's time, um, sometimes more than one professional's. And those are things that the restaurant needs to and deserves to be compensated for. That money doesn't go to the server. It's not the server or the sommelier charging a corkage fee. That's a restaurant policy. You know, we don't – that's not – that's just not how it works. So so if you don't tip on that, it is akin to not tipping on the cost of the wine. Again, the bottle of wine, I don't – like when I work as a sommelier, I don't like buy wine, bring it to the restaurant and sell my own wine to tables. Like that's the restaurant's inventory and the money you spend on the bottle of wine itself goes to the restaurant directly. It doesn't go to the server or the sommelier. That's what the tip is for. Um, or I guess maybe a small percentage of it goes to pay their their hourly wage, which in many places is significantly lower than minimum wage. In any case, so so that's that's one thing. And I think it's just – it's also, again, it comes back to this thing of like – are you going to be – do you want to be the kind of person who's quibbling over a few dollars? If that's the kind of person you are uh, – Most people do, Zach. That's like, this is what you're missing out on. Most people I do. Yes. But like I, I feel like you know there are places and times where I think it makes sense to quibble over a small amount of money. And when that small amount of money is being extracted from you by a very large multinational corporation, I think you can probably feel reasonably validated in being – kind of sticky about it. But I think, you know, again, is that the kind of attitude you want to take to what is hopefully a generally enjoyable experience? If if your attitude towards dining out is a combative one, like let me, you know, we talked about this on the episode last week, you know, the, let me count the ways in which I am feel like I'm being failed by the restaurant. Like, what is your point? Like, why are you Don't doing this? Yeah, like if eat. it's if it's going to drive you crazy because, you know, your water glass was less than half full for one minute like what is your life about like honestly like maybe that's this is a bigger problem than the restaurant or or even dining out like maybe there's some other stuff to look at there and and you should figure out you know ways to be in general a happier person or at least a less unhappy person um I don't, was there anything in that episode that you felt like you you, you wanted to say that or didn't that you didn't get to no i just i think i said it all which is basically like <laughs> don't be cheap i think i yeah. let it all hang out there I it's really, funny because Really, it's funny because really I think, piece. yeah, I think because like for you being on the on the sort of consumer end of it in some ways more than I. Well, I mean, I obviously go out to eat and drink plenty, but but it's funny because I I actually appreciated hearing that from you because I think you were more maybe fairly more direct about it. It's harder for me to just be like, don't be cheap. I mean, I think that's true, but it's like I always want to sort of you know I don't know, I want to see it from my customer's perspective if possible. And a thing that I was thinking about in this was you know you're talking about sort of you know we're talking to hearing from people and talking to people about, well, you know, this is my practice. And the, the reality is, as you said on that episode, like none of the server's never going to know. They're not going to know why you left a crappy tip. They're not going to necessarily be think back about that service experience and be like, oh, well, you know, did I not get this right? Or did they, were they upset that I did that? Unless you say something to the manager or to them, most of the time they're just going to take your poor tip and be like, that person sucks. Like, fuck them. And I don't necessarily think they're wrong for doing that. Like you, your bad tip is rarely going to be an instructive moment for them. It's mostly going to just be a thing that is, at, you know, at, at least an annoyance, if not an outright like thing that ruins their evening. I agree. Um, all right, man. So let's let's jump into today's topic because uh, I feel like it's a Friday. We never record on a Friday. Uh, it's a summer Friday. I, even though it's super hot outside, I feel like. You know, we're dragging a little today. You know, I'm really, <laughs> I'm really feeling the low energy from you, Zach. 
Oh um, man, I just had a coffee too. Shit, that's not good. And and so and, and I think that that's because you're drinking. You're not drinking a white claw. And that's what we're going to talk about today is this emergence of sparkling seltzer, specifically White Claw, and what it is doing to the beverage world, which I think is really, really fascinating. So every summer there is a trend that emerges in terms of drinks, right? You know, for about five years in a row, that trend was rosé. Then that got usurped about two years ago by the Aperol Spritz. And this year, out of nowhere, out of fucking left field comes spiked seltzer but not just any spiked seltzer white claw right mm-hmm. and it has just exploded on the american market it uh, over the 4th of july weekend was one of the highest grossing alcohol beverages in total in america uh, outpacing you know things like corona in terms of what people were choosing to drink which is insane uh, and it just continues to grow, but it is a trend. Uh, but so like, I, I think, you know, we wanted to start this conversation about just spike cells in general. Zach, have you ever had it before? And what do you think of it? You know, I think I've had a taste or two before, but I actually came sort of prepared. Of course I have to be did. totally you honest. one in the studio, didn't you? I have to be totally honest. Yes. This is not a white claw. I feel like I've failed, but this is, <sighs> you this is what truly? someone brought to my house. I did. I did as a truly, you, brought a I have, so, truly. you can tell uh, that you can take this up with, you can take this up with the person who brought him to my house the other day because, uh, I, I just, I, I seized on the opportunity cause we had him, I had him in the fridge as it is. So, so Nick over there, uh, uh, engineer Nick has the uh, has the grapefruit version. I have the lime version. We're gonna give you that rich audio. You guys are drinking up right here. There you go. We got, well, you know, look, this is a this is an off brand podcast. I'm sorry to say. <laughs> and so I was gonna say that you know the thing for me about these and the, the couple times I've had them and, and aren't any, there and aren't any rules when you're drinking Trulies. I guess, man. You know, don't give this stuff away for free, Adam. Aren't any rules when uh, you're drinking Trulies? That's what Truly actually tweeted out themselves. Oh God. Well. Yeah, this is really interesting. I mean, we're gonna we're gonna get into this a little bit more because I think there's this fascinating element to this. Like, you know, we talked we talked about Spike Seltzer before this summer, so it's not like I, I think it's unfair to say it came out. Or no, it is not unfair. Spike Seltzer has been around for a while, but it as a tr- as a phenomenon is this summer. Sure, like yeah, I think you know, I think this idea that part of the appeal of it is undoubtedly that like if you're not paying careful attention, it looks like you're drinking you know just a seltzer and. We there's a there's an incredible you know we this country has such a weird fucked up relationship to alcohol that there is something because as we talked about actually on a previous episode very briefly because you cannot for most people in most places legally drink in public outside um, you know not in your own property then there is something transgressive and fun about a, a beverage that is just you know, sort of deceptive enough to get away with, you know, you could probably have this open, you know, on the street. And if someone's not paying that, you know, if there's no one paying that much attention, then you probably get away with it. And there's, we all love getting away with stuff that feels, you know, just enough, you know, just risky enough, just dangerous enough. And and I think you said, you know, the, there's, you know, the, what is it? Uh, the no laws for claws or whatever. It's eight you know, no laws the, when you're drinking claws. Oh, there you go. Well, whatever. Um, and uh, I didn't buy the T-shirt, um, so obviously well, I don't know. I mean, and, it didn't get made. <laughs> and uh, and also, there's the you know, there's the um, as you said, I guess uh, whatever the whatever the truly one is, which I've already forgotten, which I guess tells you it wasn't that memorable. Um, but you know, there's there's definitely an element of it that's that's about transgression. But but is that I mean, do you see that as the principal appeal, or, or where so, do you? I, mean, I where think do you the think reason it's taken from? off is because. <clears throat> There's been this this growing trend in the United States, uh, you know, over the past year, two years towards 
health-focused beverages. And the funny thing is that none of these beverages are healthy, but they sort of market themselves under the banner of health, right? So uh, you're seeing this in just beer in general with people moving towards exercise-focused beers. Uh, you know, you have sort of things from Dogfish Head and obviously Michelob Ultra uh, pushed this trend for a while. And you're also seeing it in the Spark Seltzer movement where people are, um, you know, go moving towards these things because they think they're healthier, right? It's just, it's just alcoholic water. It's basically really good for me, um, which isn't true at all. But I actually think that like the, the true reason people like them is because you can drink a lot more of them for longer, mm-hmm. right? So what I really think the, the reason I think ABV, low ABV is taking off in the US is because it's a reaction towards the really high alcohol beers and cocktails that we've seen over the past decade. Uh, and so you're having people sort of move towards sessionable drinks and these sessionable drinks are uh, really focused on drinks in which we can have more of uh, if we're mm-hmm. if we're if we're drinking. Um, so you saw this really explode, uh, you know, four or five years ago with all day IPA, um, and then you know continue to grow in a lot of segments. And sort of sparkling seltzer is sort of I feel like the culmination of all this. It's it's really it's flavored bubbly malt beverage. Um, it's really interesting. We we reach out to White Claw for comment as to what actually is used to make. White Claw, they're very cagey about it. So again, like, how can you say this is a health beverage when you're not willing to say what's in it? Like that, you should be dubious if you think this is better for you than real beer. Beer is five ingredients, right? Like, um, this is who knows what. Um, so I think like that's why it's exploding though. Is, you know, five percent ABV tastes like mangoes or lime or black cherry. Um, another thing that we saw take off, especially in June, um, is you're seeing a lot of people actually adding additional spirits to the spike seltzers. So like, (laughs) you know, there's, there was a big trend, especially like in New York during pride where people were pouring white claw in a glass um, and then adding vodka to it. So like even higher ABV. Uh, So it's, it's, it's a big thing, but I'm actually really interested uh, if, if he's on the mic, our, uh, our engineer who, you know, no one else who's ever listened to the show has, has heard, uh, his voice before, but Nick admitted at the beginning of the show before we started recording that he actually likes White Claw. So I'm curious what it is about it that you guys are into, especially as someone who uh, also came out and told us today that he has a beer podcast. Um, <laughs> what that is about White Claw that you find so interesting? Well, thank you for introducing me to the Vine Pear community by Welcome. labeling me as a seltzer uh, lover. Um, I think <laughs> you said you liked it, man. You said you liked it. I do, I do, uh, and I knew coming in that you guys were going to be on the other side of that argument. So I thought this would be good uh, discussion. I think it's a lot of the things you said. It's very sessionable. Like you can drink a lot of these. A lot of them are refreshing. Um, a lot of them are citrus flavored, which is like kind of the equivalent of a Corona with a lime to me. Like it's a, it's an alternative to that almost. And so I was talking about it with Zach earlier and he was saying young people like me, which I don't even know how much younger I am than him, but we're out doing active things. I'm 28. Yeah. Yeah, We got like seven, eight years on you. You party down. Okay. Keep going. So yeah, I, I party apparently. I'm a very active lifestyle and uh, that's what these are for, you know, floating down a river or something. It's easy to hold onto these cans and drink them all day long. So yeah, so you don't drink just one. No, no, no. It's, it's definitely multiples. Yes. No, no, no. Are they tasty? Do you like them? I do. I've actually had quite a few of the brands. Like I've had, I think White Claw is my favorite out of the kind of nationally available ones uh, over Truly. So I'm with you on the uh, 8-9 Jabal for this one. Uh, <laughs> but I've had, there's one out here in Seattle uh, called San Juan Seltzer. I don't know if, uh, Zach, if you've had that or not. I have not. Okay. They 
go the opposite route. They don't have like citrusy flavors. They have like Rainier cherry is one of them. And then they have like a blackberry, which is also common out here. Those flavors do not go well with this, I think. I think they need to be citrus for them to be refreshing. Because they border on like cough syrup if they're not sort of like a, yeah, the the cut of that citrus going through it. Have you seen this same phenomenon I'm talking about where people are putting vodka or another spirit, mixing it with the with the sparkling, with the spiked seltzer? Yeah, I've definitely seen yeah. that. Especially with the, <laughs> yeah. White Claw has that one that's called like pure yeah. or something that's unflavored. Yeah, so I've seen a lot of people mix that with it. That's so crazy. <laughs> but see, okay, so here's here's my thought, right? So so this this whole thing is very funny to me because like, Adam, you and I are, I think, a little too young to have, we're certainly way too young to have been, you know, like drinkers during this period, but even really too young to really remember more than sort of the faint Zima craze. And I think like every so often something like this comes along where it's like, we are going to, it's basically just a way to get drunk that is, seems slightly new and it's sort of, the flavor is, is there, but it's secondary at best. And I think like to me that you know when I drink, when I've tried these and, and and hearing people talk about it, not just you, Nick, just in general, it really is like it's a means to an end, and that end is inebriation or at least you know a buzz. And I don't begrudge people that. I mean, shit, when I was you know in my twenties, would we sit outside and drink, yeah, you know, Coronas or whatever until until suddenly we're like, oh, well, maybe we should actually stop. But like. Uh, to me, it's not it's not interesting in the sense of like, you know, it's like the antithesis, I think, of what most of us find interesting about beverage, which is like that it comes from somewhere. We know what the hell's in it. Like it has an interesting flavor. And to me, like the point of these is basically just what flavor do you want to get drunk on? And that's not a, I mean, whatever. That's fine. I mean, I like getting drunk. I certainly liked it more before I had a kid and stuff. But, you know, it's definitely still something I do from time to time. Well, that's it's just like, your hangover is not as much fun. Oh my God. I know it is really, really rough when you have a child. Um, let me tell you. Um, and, uh, and so I think there's something about the, like, there's something about this that is like, it's not even that I think it's good or bad. It's just, and I guess maybe this is the biggest insult I can level. It's profoundly uninteresting to me. Um, except to talk shit about because like, yeah, you know, I'm looking at again, not white claw, but I'm looking at this truly container. And like the only thing on here, as far as the list of ingredients is, well, for one, it apparently has hops in it, which would, do you, any of you believe this? Like, it doesn't taste or smell like I don't it has hops. Shit. Well, it's on the label, so we can take it up with a Boston beer company. Um, and then it has quote unquote natural flavors. So good luck, right? That can mean basically anything. And I mean, does it taste like lime? I guess it doesn't not taste like lime, but it basically just, it, it's like it, all it makes me want. And again, maybe this is just me is like, and I never thought I would say this. It makes me want a vodka soda, which is not a drink I drink very often, but it's like even that would be feel more like something that is an actual beverage as opposed to like here is a means to an end and maybe it's just because i don't want what's that funny to anymore. me is like you know in 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 our culture right everything always comes full circle so right now like the 90s are back right so i'm i see you people out there wearing tivas i, I was gonna say I, did, I saved my I don't, I don't, jeans for a reason i don't say that you Sweet. can do it but i see you right but so this is fucking zima yeah right we just don't want to admit that it's zima but this is zima this is a you know, a malt beverage that tastes like something else that people want to drink a lot of to get fucked up. That's basically what it is. Yeah. Uh, and so I wonder, like, then what will come after this, right? So, like, what's the next trend? We were talking about that earlier today. Like, is it going to be – are lagers going to come back? Like, really good, crisp, clean lagers? Is that coming back? Like, what's what's the what's the drink of next summer, right? Because I, I – Spike Seltzer's not going to be the drink forever. It's just the drink of this summer. And Zima didn't stay around for that long. I mean, no. you have a bunch of people dumping money into this, into this whole 
uh, genre. What's crazy to me is that even craft brewers are jumping into this genre, right? Sure. Uh, Sam Adams being a perfect example, but lots of them, lots of yeah. them. Are, I mean, like the, the craft brand that, that uh, Nick, that you like, is it, I mean, sorry, the Spike Seltzer brand you like from Seattle, is it a craft brewery that makes it? It was just a company that popped up out of, um, I think they just wanted to use the flavors of the Pacific Northwest, um, Adam, of which, of course, you would hate because they're not from New York, but uh, they <laughs> oh, just no, wanted no, no. to- come. I would rather drink the flavors of the Pacific Northwest than like uh, <laughs> trash can pee and, uh, and swamp ass from New York City. Let's be clear here. I mean, like, you guys got great flavor, just just a subpar city. I mean, oh. that's a song plan. Uh, no, one thing I wanted to bring up, though, with Zach, when you talk about them being uninteresting, I was wondering if you had seen the um, Pura Still. Have you seen that? It's spiked still water. Oh, my God. Which seems even more uninteresting than Ugh. with bubbles. No, I haven't, but I'm not surprised. This is like – but uh, I don't even know where to start other than to say that to answer what Adam was saying, I think that one of the unique things about – or not or not totally unique, but sort of relevant points with, with Spike Seltzer is it is – it is a beverage that it seems almost perfectly engineered to be unobjectionable to everybody. Like the problem with lagers, the problem with the Aperol Spritz, with all those sort of sum- rosé, all those summer drinks is like they obviously have a constituency, but there's a lot of people who don't like those things. A lot of people don't like beer or won't drink beer, even a pretty innocuous lager. There's lots of people who won't drink an Aperol Spritz, don't like the flavor, don't like rosé. But like a drink like this is – unless you don't like carbonated things, in which case Nick assures me that there is now a still version. There, it, is a, it is a beverage that I, I can imagine everyone – almost anyone who likes to drink being like, yeah, it's fine. Or like whatever. Like, sure, I'll drink one of those. I mean that's kind of how I feel about it. it, it just, But it's not – if anyone comes to me and listeners, if you are out there, please let us know. And you are like ride or die with White Claw or whatever. It's like the thing you want to drink more than anything else. Not because like it's trendy. Well, I mean, maybe because it's trendy or not because like, you know, you can drink a lot of them. To me, that's not necessarily uh, proof on your case. But if you're like this flavor, this approach to beverage speaks to me more than anything else out there. I would love to hear from you. I might talk shit about you, but I would love to hear about it and, and give you an airing because I, I would like to be in some way convinced that this trend is not com- like as full of, you know, like as, as much empty calories as these drinks are themselves. Right. I just, I, I don't get it, but I do think it's hilarious. I also think that like, it's, I think it, it, it says a, a larger thing about our culture, which is that like, as much as we say, we still move, we, we've moved forward, right. That we're like, we, we want to drink better things, which I think is true. I think if you look at all the data, we're drinking, we're drinking more premium drinks. We're drinking, uh, you know, nicer wines across the board. We're drinking nicer spirits across the board. You know, we are drinking nicer beer, even though beer is a overall category is shrinking. We're, you know, craft is eating more of that shrinking category in the summer. A lot of us just want to get a buzz on. And for that, you know, and for that, the sparkling seltzer is, you know, something that people want to drink. I think, you know, we'll probably see those, those sales of sparkling seltzer start to decline, you know, towards mid October, but while it's still warm out, that's what a lot of people want. And if you can be that company that provides that, you know, that drink that just allows you to drink a few of them. And as Nick said, float down the river in an inner tube and get the buzz on, uh, that's probably what you're going to do. Right, Nick. I mean, that's, that's your, that's your weekend plans. Oh yeah. Every single weekend. (laughs) No, No kid. I'm just floating down a river every, every weekend. I, want, I, think, I, want, you know, I think there needs to be like a vine pair, like East River float uh, with with sponsored. Uh, I'm sure it's illegal and probably dangerous, but that, <laughs> that's never stopped people before. 
Exactly. So look, I think moral of the story is like, if you want to drink White Claw, drink White Claw. Just don't, you know, don't wear pastels while you're doing it. And, you know, talk about like your friend Biff and like that, you know, that the private school you went to. And please, please, please don't drink White Claw while wearing boat shoes. Um, <laughs> I try think just to be don't- as... Try to don't be drink as unbasic as possible while consuming it, and I won't judge you as hard as if I see you walking down the, a, with a case of it in my neighborhood, wearing like khakis and boat shoes, and you know uh, Ray Bans with your with your uh, like the like what is that thing that's that's the thing you wear around your neck that lets them float when you're on your boat, uh, you know, on your way to the Hamptons for the weekend, shouting about how you can't wait to see your friends from like the private school you went to. Uh, if you it's a very specific me you rant, do that, yeah. I'm cool with you drinking white claw. Yeah, I think m- more generally, I don't care don't what you drink, drink, but don't but don't talk to me about sparkling salt. <laughs> I don't care. I'm not interested in hearing what like if I if I'm like, hey, next time I see Nick next next week when we record, I'm like, hey, Nick, what'd you do this weekend? Nick, if the answer is you were you were drinking white claw, I don't want to hear it or any spike seltzer. Just like tell me you decided to be sober for a weekend. It'd be more interesting. Even to me. if I'm drinking it, I won't be having boat shoes on my feet. So <laughs> right, Nick, I'm coming back. No, Nick is a Midwest well, guy. He like wears actual shoes. That's well, right. moral of the, moral of the story is uh, spike seltzer is a thing. If you didn't realize that, I'm glad that we opened your eyes to all things uh, spike seltzer on this podcast. If you want more information about the best spike seltzers to drink, we do have a definitive article: twenty best uh, spike seltzers available right now on Vine Pair that you can check out. Uh, Zach can put the link to that in the notes of the podcast. Did we'll you be. taste um, test any of those, Adam? We taste tested all of them. And I will say, uh, I have to say, White Claw Basic, you know, like the plain one, pretty good. Like I could see why people would put other stuff in it. There's some other brands that, that stood out. I can, uh, I'll shout some of those out. So the Bon and Viv Black Cherry Rosemary, actually pretty good. That's an AB InBev uh, beverage. Arctic Summer Raspberry Lime, pretty good. Don't know if you guys have had that one. Um, bon and Viv as a whole did pretty well. Their Clementine Hibiscus was also pretty popular with our, with our tasters. Uh, Clear Coast Mango Guava, people loved. Um, Grander Peak Utah Cherry, who knew that was a thing, like, hmm. but very popular. Um, you know, you also have the, the Golden Road Spiked Agua Fresca Pineapple, Mighty Swell Peach, Mighty Swell Watermelon. Uh, the only ones that didn't do so well in our tasting was none of the Trulies were, were liked <laughs> by most people. Um, I mean, I'll be honest, trying to manage again, you know, they're, they're exactly Well, you know, it's what but I had lying around. That tracks. That tracks. <laughs> Fair enough. Whatever. It's not very hot here, so I didn't feel compelled to go get the best ones. Well, uh, you know, you guys enjoy those Trulies, um, uh, and I will talk to you guys again next week. I'm going to go get a real drink, maybe a Vermentino. Oh, good call, man. <laughs> I'll talk to you guys next week. Sounds great. Thanks for listening to Vine Pair. We'd love to hear what you think. Feel free to drop us a line at podcast at vinepair.com. And if you really love the show, we'd love if you'd rate it and leave us a review on iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. Reviews and ratings really help other people discover the show. Now for the credits. VinePair is recorded in New York City at VinePair headquarters and in Seattle, Washington at Cloud Studios. Our engineer is Nick Patry, and the show is produced by Zach Jawal and me. Our show logo was designed by Daniel Gridberg. Special thanks as well to the entire VinePair staff, including but not limited to my co-founder, Josh Mallon, and our editor-in-chief, Emily Saladino. Thanks so much for listening and see you next week.